welcome to the PLUS podcast. I'm Rachel Thomas. Recently, we asked Paul Figueres everything we've ever wanted to know about black holes. In this podcast, he explains what black holes are physically and how we hope to observe them. Could you please tell us what is a black hole? So a black hole is a region of space-time um, where gravity is so strong that nothing can escape, uh, not even light. And in, in any relativistic theory, and in particular in general relativity, information can only propagate at a finite speed. And the maximum speed in which information propagates is the speed of light. So if there is a region of space-time in which gravity is so strong that it pulls even light and it keeps it within this region, then whatever happens in this region cannot be communicated to the outside world. So once you fall into a black hole, then we are doomed. And how did, how were black holes discovered? To be fair, we still do not have direct evidence uh, for black holes. This is a prediction of general relativity, and we think that in nature, black holes should occur uh, generically. And there are two situations in which we think that these compact dark, dark objects for which we have evidence should be black holes, and the black holes described by general relativity. So these two instances are um, firstly massive stars. When they run out of nuclear fuel, um, they collapse under their own gravity, and there is no other force in nature which can withstand the pull of gravity. And then general relativity tells us that under such conditions, the object will collapse and form a black hole. Also, at the center of uh, most galaxies, in fact, probably all of them, there lurks a supermassive black hole weighing like millions or even billions of solar masses. And in particular, at the center of our Milky Way, we do have a compact dark object which weighs about 4 million solar masses. Uh, it's small, it doesn't emit light, and the only object in nature with uh, such properties that we know of is a black hole. So we don't, haven't seen them because they are small, they are dark, so they're very hard to see, but we have seen indirect evidence, for example, when there's a star orbiting around a black hole, the black hole sucks gas from the stars, which this gas uh, gets very hot as it approaches the black hole and this emits x-rays, which we can observe. But we haven't detected black holes directly yet. But this is likely to happen um, at the end of this year or maybe next year with the new gravitational wave detectors. So we, there's the possibility we could directly observe a black hole because of the gravitational waves they emit. That's correct. Um, for example, in, in in binary systems, so when there are two black holes orbiting each other, because they move, they emit gravitational waves, and the, the waveforms that they emit, the patterns, uh, we can calculate them by solving the Einstein equations with uh, big computers, and we can compare those with the uh, experiments. And fortunately, there seem to be gravitational wave detectors which are going to be ready at the end of this year, which are sensitive enough to detect those waves. And if the signal agrees with our sort of predictions, then that will be, uh, that will count as direct detection, I guess. When you said before that but basically black holes, there's a singularity in the middle of them where curvature becomes extremely, or space becomes extremely bent, and uh, I think density as well gets infinitely high, but do we really know that? Because we, 
you know, there is this horizon forming around the black hole, so we cannot see inside. So are things really infinite in there, or do we have any idea of what's really going well, on inside? Well, this is actually an excellent question, and the honest answer is that, is that we don't know. Um, so often infinities in, in, in physical theories just simply mean that the theory that you use to describe the situation breaks down. So we think that infinities do not occur in nature. It's just that in that region, curvature is very large, but this region is also microscopic in size. So in order to describe the physics of these singularities, you would need a theory that combines, uh, that is able to describe you know, gravity, namely strong uh, gravitational fields, and at the same time, microphysics, so namely the theory of uh, quantum gravity. There are some candidates out there, but we are still far in terms of understanding uh, how to describe uh, what happens in singularities. What's remarkable is that the singularities are hidden uh, inside black holes, namely they are covered by the horizon. And as we said earlier, because this region inside the horizon, gravity is so strong that nothing can escape. So even if we don't know what happens at the singularity, even if we to know uh, how to describe the singularities, whatever happens there cannot influence what happens to the world outside. So, you know, in some sense, black holes um, conceal our ignorance uh, in their interior. So, a horizon isn't a physical isn't a physical thing. It's actually the point at which space becomes space time is so curved. Mm -hmm. um, it's a favourite theme of science fiction. Um, <laughs> to think about what would happen as you came close to a black hole or perhaps even passed over the horizon. Mm -hmm. um, what do we know about those situations mm -hmm. and what do you think might happen? Well, yeah, I mean, a horizon is, is physical in the sense that it's, it, it's, a, it's a place uh, beyond which light can no longer escape. So it's physical. Um, now, what's important about uh, horizon is that is it likes it acts like a one main like a one way membrane it's a soft surface right so you can just cross it and you wouldn't even notice that you've that you've crossed the horizon it's not like like a surface of a star where you, you know just you know run into a star you hit it and you burn it's not like that in principle there's some debate about whether indeed is a soft surface or not um, so it's not a completely settled issue but um, it seems, according to general relativity alone, then it should be a soft surface. And this is, in fact, one of the experimental signatures that uh, astronomers are looking for in terms of detecting black holes. When you see gas falling into a black hole, then if the horizon wasn't a soft surface, then you would expect there should be emission of, of, of uh, X-rays as the gas falls. And this has not been seen. So it's a soft surface, so if you, you can just cross it. And in principle, if the black hole is large enough, then you wouldn't feel anything until it's too late. Now, what happens is that close to a black hole, because gravity is strong, uh, time runs slower for you. So even if you could stay there, you wouldn't feel much. Um, but if you compare your clock with a, an observer far from the black hole, then you would see that you haven't aged uh, that much, whilst he, he or she has become much bolder. Uh, but other than that, um, you'll be perfectly fine. Now, if you cross it, um, then general relativity tells us that uh, once you are inside the black hole, you are essentially doomed. Uh, you will eventually hit the singularity and you'll be destroyed. So it's not something I would advise you to do. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I remember seeing a picture, I think Kick Thorne drew, that you would kind of become stretched along one kind of <laughs> direction. Yes. Spaghettification. Yes, yes, yes. Well, this, is, this has to do with, with curvature, because curvature is large. So if the black hole is small, then the difference between curvature uh, at your head and at your feet is so large that you get stretched like a spaghetti. It's like this tidal effect. But if the black hole is very big, then the gravitational field is very uniform. Even though it's strong, it's very uniform. Um, so the difference between gravity at your head and at your feet wouldn't be that large. So therefore you can approach the horizon of a very big black hole and not feeling anything at all. So it's only when the black holes are small that the difference between the gravity at the head and your feet is what uh, leads to this spaghettification <laughs> that Kip Thorne uh, talked about. But if you go to the center of the galaxy where the black hole is big, then you can get very close and you'll be perfectly fine. So what about really, really tiny black holes? I mean, you probably remember when they started off the LHC some years mm -hmm. ago, people were saying it was going to create all these tiny black holes everywhere, which would be terrible and dangerous. I mean, A, do tiny black holes get created in particle accelerators? <laughs> and B, are they in any way dangerous? Um, well, black holes, or the black holes that we know, these are macroscopic objects. Um, but of course, we know that nature at these sort of uh, tiny scales is governed by quantum mechanics. So when you combine quantum mechanics with general relativity, then Stephen Hawking uh, very famously discovered that black holes uh, radiate and gradually evaporate. This process is very slow for big black holes. But if the black holes are small, then what happens is that the smaller the black hole is, the hotter it is, that is to say the hotter the radiation that it emits uh, is. So as it becomes smaller, the black hole, perhaps, um, uh, it's a bit surprising, but it be the smaller it becomes and the hotter it is, so the faster it emits radiation, and it, when it becomes you know, very, very tiny, it finally would explode uh, into a burst of, of radiation. This was the danger that people thought that would, could happen at the LHC, because if you create a black hole, then maybe you know, it, it will not have time to evaporate, because it will suck you know, matter and then eventually swallow uh, the LHC. I mean, some people say, well, it, for as long as it swallows France, then it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I heard some colleagues saying that, but it could swallow the whole Earth, but whatever. Um, but we think that this is not dangerous at all, because the energies that we, that we uh, manage to get at the LHC are small, very small, in fact, compared to the energies of cosmic rays that have been hitting the Earth for billions uh, of, of years. So the upper layers of the atmosphere are constantly being bombarded by super high energy cosmic rays. These are essentially high uh, elementary particles, like the ones that we collided at the LHC, and we haven't seen anything strange happening at the upper layers of the atmosphere. The Earth has been sitting here for about four and a half billion years, um, so we think that producing a black hole at the LHC, if it happened, um, wouldn't be dangerous. And So we have nothing to fear from black holes. We have nothing to fear from black holes. In fact, if we produce black holes at the LHC, it would be, it would be very exciting, because uh, these would be micro microscopic black holes, so eventually they would be governed by the laws of quantum gravity. So it would be tremendously exciting, because we could have a window into quantum gravity. But unfortunately, this hasn't happened yet. Thank you. 
That's it for this podcast. In the other part of this interview, Power explains how you describe black holes mathematically and how they were predicted by Einstein's theories. You can find that podcast, as well as the companion articles and video, on the PLUS website, plus.maths.org. And thanks to you, sir, for the music in this podcast. You can find them at soundcloud.com forward slash E-U-S-A.